The following episode of Inside the Cave is brought to you by the Fire Fan Sports app. Predict the gameplay in real time. On game day, play against friends, athletes, and superstars. Fire Fan Sports app, the app that changes the way you watch sports. Download Fire Fan Sports app available now at the App Store on Apple devices and Google Play Store for Android devices. Download the Fire Fan app and use the code CAVE, C-A-V-E, and ignite your passion for sports. Hey, all right, welcome back inside the cave, cavepodcast.com and go to insidethecavepodcast.com and uh, get a WrestleMania breakdown from Inside the Cave. And our guest this week has by far the hottest Instagram page as far as wrestling is concerned on Instagram. Go to it right now, the Wrestling Classic. I almost feel bad for even trying to plug his site because, I mean, his, this guy... He doesn't need any advertisement on his end. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I've been a fan of him since Instagram was 10 seconds long. And he was able to create these crazy wrestling moments, man. It took me back to the good old days of wrestling. I'm glad to call him a buddy. I'm a big fan of, of him as well. Look to be doing some more business with him. As the time goes along, welcome back to Inside the Cave. Justin from the Wrestling Classic. Thank you, I appreciate it. No, I know it's crazy. I, I know how you brought up like, I was, I've been on, on Instagram since it was like a 10 second video. I remember when I first signed up, there was like, like no videos at all. It was strictly just pictures. Like, That's videos, right. Like, I forgot about that. Insane. That is right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Thing on Instagram. That's it was right. just pictures. It's crazy. That's right. That's right. When we when Instagram first started, there was nothing on it, and now they have the the whole Instagram stories and the, what you're doing well at too. I like your Instagram story. Let me tell you something too. Matter of fact, um, yeah, I don't. I'll be honest with you. I I can't tell you the last time I've actually sat down and watched a Monday Night Raw. And what I've been doing, and this is not a cheap plug. I just go to your page because I just can't sit. Cause yeah. I'm not. I'm not a wrestling mark anymore. Once you know the business, it's kind of hard to, for for somebody like me to be able just to 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 sit back and watch it, watch watch the stuff. Now I you am. Know, I, that, ha- that that happens. That happens to a lot of people once they know what it's like and the yeah. and all that. Like they, they kind of it loses its luster to a lot of people, which is totally fine. Hey, you I, know- I, I know I have a lot of followers that are old school fans that are there for my old school content and my opinion about the old school stuff. So. And you, but now what's good is the whole. Well, we're going to talk about this later on, though. The the whole Goldberg coming back, um, you know, Triple H and stuff like that. Now that stuff, we're gonna talk about it later on. But when they do their promos and stuff like that, I mean, that's old school heat right there. So I mean, it's it's easy for me to watch that. Like when I saw some of the posts you've been posting on on Monday Night Raw, like, oh shit, I missed something. But and you know, yeah. it, 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 let me ask you this qu- question: Just is does yeah. w, does WWE even have a um, a network channel on Instagram? A WWE network Instagram? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, you know, it's a good question. I, I follow them because, you know, I, I try to do as much as I can to stay connected with the WWE because that's, like, the dream job. But uh, but um, let me, I want to see how many followers they have there. On that point, though, we might as well talk a little bit about it right now really quickly. Yeah. 
Well, on that point, like what what you're talking about, as in like uh, how you don't. I have more followers in the WWE Network Instagram page. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> that is. <laughs> they have two hundred one k. I have four hundred fifty six uh, sixty two thousand. I don't know. But anyways, what I'm talking about now first. Um, that point you just brought up about how you're an old school wrestling fan that doesn't really watch the product that much today, but you do come to my page and you know what's going on because. I give a mixture of both old school and new school stuff, and I keep people up to which what. Like, honestly, I don't post about every segment that happened on Raw, but I'll post about the segments and about the rest that I like the most. So, like, even if it's a shitty segment, you'll see me post about Sasha Banks because that's just what I do. And you'll see me post about the segments that I found the most entertaining uh, from my perception. Because personally, like, as much as I'm, like, going to be a lifelong wrestling fan, I love it with all my heart and all my passion, like, it's fucking, it's fucking hard to sit there. So I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but it's really hard to sit there for three hours and watch that show. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Okay, three, three hours, hours is long. Ass. And, uh, but it's cool because then when people see the likes of Goldberg and they see stuff like that, that's the reason why they bring these wrestlers back is because someone such as yourself, when they see Goldberg and they see Brock Lesnar, they, they see faces they recognize. Even if it's like John Cena and Randy Orton at the point, whether right. we want to admit it or not, they've been around for the last like 10, 15 years. People know who John Cena and Randy Orton are. So then people will watch, but uh, it's, it's, it's crazy how that works, you know? Yeah, man. And you know, um, now SmackDown to me is actually the better program. I don't know how you feel about that. Okay, this is the way I see it. Like, and I, just like I mentioned a couple of seconds ago, Raw is not bad. Like, Raw is generally a pretty good show. I, overall, I have an issue with the product from Raw to SmackDown, the whole thing when it comes to character development and storyline progression. I think the, I think those are two areas where they that's what's wrong with the business. It's not in the WWE. It's not the shows. I just think Raw is three hours, and that's too long. And by the second hour you're getting you know by and by two hours and a half you're like already done with the show in your mind mentally you're checked out you know they've been putting stuff there just to fill in the three hours like some of the stuff has purpose but some of the stuff you know it's like why they're doing this like I, I know I'm not a big fan of when all the tags come out and you get like a 16 man tag match I'm like and you know they're just doing that to fill time right well yeah. Smackdown it's two hours and they're trying to fit as much as they can in that two hours with the roster that they have that every segment has a purpose that it's easier to watch. Even right. if they got another 15, 30 minutes, I think it would be okay because they, they, they figured out how to make everything meaningful. Well, when you watch Raw, you're watching some of the stuff, like, why does this even, like, why does this matter? Like, why is this, like, you know, like, they're just trying to kill time now. Or, or a match takes, like, four segments, and you're like, as much as I love wrestling, like, getting interrupted by commercials and coming back to that same match is not fun, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you know... Uh, four times, yeah. And, and you know, uh, now I will give Vince McMahon and, and Triple H and WWE in general, uh, you know, now for some reason, it seems like around November or December, I'm thinking to myself, well, I guess there goes WrestleMania. There's nothing. There's not going to be anything happening this year. And they always know how to put a mixture of the new with the old and 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 they, and they know how to sell it too so they, they're professionals they know what they're doing they, they know mania is the mm. biggest event and they always know how to draw us back in i might bitch and complain but i haven't canceled my wwe network since i got it so was it so what has it been three three or four years since they started the network i mean i haven't canceled it yet so <laughs> i honestly I, I and i say this all the time um there is absolutely positively 
no way that it doesn't matter how bad the buildup is, how bad the card might look. When it comes to like we watch Raw weekly, it's a weekly show. There's gonna be some good weeks. There's gonna be some bad weeks. Same with SmackDown. That's just what it's a weekly show, right? Yeah. When it comes to WrestleMania, it's once a year, and that's the one show that they will make sure you go home happy. Even if you're not fully satisfied, you're gonna see some shit. You're gonna be like, you know what? I'm probably gonna watch this again for that. that like a lot a of people shit on last year's WrestleMania. They're like, oh, last year's WrestleMania sucked. The main events like, oh, Roman Reigns, boo, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, like people will go back and watch a WrestleMania to see Shane jump off the cell and take it. Exactly. People will go back and watch a WrestleMania to see Stone Cold, Mick Foley, and Shawn Michaels come out. You know, they'll always leave you with something where like they, they make WrestleMania always and uh, putting it together with the Hall of Fame now and NXT Takeover and like making it the whole weekend and the Raw afternoon. Like they made it so at least you can bitch and complain all year long, but this one weekend of the year, like they're going to give you the best show that they can and you're going to fucking enjoy it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Now for all our listeners out there, because our show, our show has grown too since the last time you've been on you haven't been on since 2015 i just checked so i went the whole 2016 really? yeah brother we i went the whole 2016 without having you on your show so i'm giving myself a kill yourself and start over for not doing that but uh, i tell you what though bro um for our listeners because they listen a lot of people listen to every single show there's going to be a lot of mixture of stuff where I can compare where we where everybody's going to get a piece of something they like. We're going to take a page out of Vince McMahon's book, and I guarantee you, everybody who's listening right now, even if you're not a wrestling fan, you're going to dig this podcast because I'm going to bring in some stuff in here for Justin, and we're going to adjust. We're going to talk about how everything in life is a storyline and basically it wouldn't even surprise me if Vince McMahon is part of the Illuminati that's creating this American storyline we're going to get into that a little bit too and I, and, and, oh and, god and, and, okay. hey bro now check this out me and you haven't talked and I guarantee yeah. when I give you these examples you're going to you're going to tell me the exact wrestling storyline that goes with it I, I, and I guarantee you're going to pr- break it down because number one you're Hopefully. the you're the man number one, and you you find all this stuff, and you and you and you have the knowledge of the business, so you're gonna know exactly what I'm talking about. So we'll get to that in about a couple minutes. But let me ask you this though, man, about your page in general, the the wrestling classic, which like I said, is by far the best page, and there's other there's other pages on there too, no no doubt. Shout out to all those guys too, but. Uh, Talk about the growth, man. How did you go from? I remember you said you started. You remember when you started at a hundred followers, and now you got damn near five hundred thousand yeah. followers. Like, talk about that, man. Um, I I coined a term in the last like year when I I've been talking to a lot of uh, other people that are do very well for themselves. A lot of YouTubers, a lot of models, a lot of actors, and stuff like. Uh, uh, a lot of people, and a lot of people that are, are, are trying to make some names of themselves, people that are like uh, try, uh, aspiring models, aspiring to actors. And when I have the conversation, they always ask, like, um, how would you describe what happened with you? Like, how did you get so popular? Like, how did you get, like, you know, like, I'm, I'm once again, like, I, I want everyone listening to understand, like, I'm not blowing smoke up my own ass. I don't, I'm not big headed whatsoever. I don't think I'm famous whatsoever. Um, but I, I've been fortunate enough, and I'm very humbled the fact that I could have the likes of, like, you know, The Rock follows, The Weeknd follows, LeBron James follows, Ronda Rousey follows, Bret Hart, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan. Like, 
what? Like Natalia, Charlotte, like Jinder Mahal, Fandango, like all these independent wrestlers, like all these people follow my page. And and the way I always describe this is um, I got popular by accident. Yeah. And, and obviously there's that, there's that side where people be like, well, it's not really by accident. Like you're very passionate, you're a character, you're very, um, you know how to, uh, you're very um, organic. Like everything you do is authentic. But in my, another side, I'm like, no, but it was really by accident because I, I didn't have that intention do anything with this when I made that page I, I I wanted to make a wrestling page to connect with wrestling fans that was it period I wanted to bring wrestling fans from all around the world together in one place and then I did that and then it kept growing and, grow- and I wanted to I, I'm, I'm telling you I don't know how I, like the numbers still grow until today and I I and the, the one thing I'll say is I, I never really changed anything you know um, people always be like well you should do this you should do that I, I, I stop that but I don't really listen to it I do what I think I, it feels great and it works, so I don't. I don't know. I feel like I got popular by accident. It was just, it's. I love wrestling. I have a passion for it. I think people can sense that. Um, they can sense that I really have a passion. They value my opinions. They want to hear what I want to say. And to put the cherry on top, I put good content out there. I, sh- I I bring people nostalgia. I bring people stuff to talk about, debate about. Um, I think the biggest thing you gotta, anybody that wants to be a social media influencer or wants to be something like what a youtuber or an actor like and the rock you would go on the rocks page he does this very well too you know try to connect with the people that follow you talk to them if you read rock's caption it's like he's talking to you yeah. like oh i just landed here i'm doing this um that's huge because you know you have a lot of people they post stuff but they're just posting the print captions on them there's, there's, there's no personal connection yeah. like you people want to feel like when you, you that you're sharing their thoughts and they can either agree with you or disagree, or you're doing this thing and they can be like it's relatable and not relatable. Oh, I want to be like that. Um, building connections with people is what makes the biggest difference, and that's what's going to give you growth. That's what's going to give you opportunities. Um, like it was, God knows, like, it could have been something I wrote about how I love wrestling, or it could have been a video I put up of, of like his dad or something about someone talking about how I felt about it. The Rock saw that. And one, he liked the content, he liked the videos, he liked the stuff. And he also read it and I was like, you know what, this guy gets it. And he followed me. Because I express exactly how I feel all the time. And I think that's huge. Man, connect that, with your followers, connect with the people. Yeah. I, my partner on the show, uh, Roland, from, uh, he has a nice website too, uh, the, uh, a nice Instagram page, The Cleese Report, where he talks about conspiracy theories and stuff like that. He tells me the same thing. And that's what he does too, he says. He integrates with with his followers, whether you know they're a yeah. huge, huge following or small following, they they comment. He gonna he's gonna always you know keep up with his followers and keep a conversation going. But, but but like I said, man, I remember. I think it was before I even started this show, and I just remember being and I was just watching your page. And, and the crazy thing is, I thought you were affiliated with the WWE. That's like, and that was at your people still. People still think that till this day. I I don't I don't know why. <laughs> I wouldn't be. It wouldn't surprise me if one day they just buy you out, which would be a good thing. If <laughs> they just like, look, we're gonna buy your page. Uh, you're doing it big, especially when you hit that one million uh, followers, which will be probably coming. I'm gonna say um, before SummerSlam. I'm gonna. I I think you'll be at one million followers by SummerSlam. You think that's pretty? Uh, hopefully, yeah. And by that time, honestly, you... I, I'm, I, I, the way the growth has been going in the last little bit, I wouldn't be so against that. Obviously, I'd, I'd appreciate it and uh, the support. 
Yeah, so you'll be so so check, so you'll be at one million followers. You'll be verified, and then Paul Levesque will be calling you up saying, "We need you to come to Connecticut. Let's talk turkey." And that's when uh, my man Justin will probably change his phone number for me, and I wouldn't be able to get in contact with him because he'll be working for Vince McMahon. That's usually how this stuff goes. <laughs> No problem. You know what's crazy though? I've actually, I've actually had the same phone number since I was like 15 years old. Wow. Like I've had the, so basically without giving away too much, I've had the same phone number for the last like 10, 11 years. That's insane. But sometimes people call me and I'm like, who the fuck is this? And they'll be like, it's me from blah, 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 blah. But I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and, then I, and I'm almost always about, and then I'm always about to be like, how do you have my number? Then I'm like, oh wait, I've had the same number forever. <laughs> hey, hey for, uh, for everybody who hasn't listened to the first couple times you were on, how, yeah. old, how old are you, man? How, what part is? I said, for, you know, for everybody who What'd hasn't, uh, how old are you? I'm 25. 25 years old. And I've been knowing you for two years. So, nah. <laughs> You built this whole. You built. You built a brand, brother, a brand that's beating the WWE on social media. <laughs> I mean, come on. At, tw- yeah. at twenty three years old, you built. Honestly, the- I I say till this day, I'm like, um, and this is personal opinion, and other people, are, if they ever, I, if they ever hear this, I'm probably never gonna get hired. But <laughs> from my perspective, like. The WWE's personal Instagram page, like the actual one, like, yeah, they got like two, three million followers because they are the WWE. People are following them because it's the WWE. But, like, their posts, like, I know they have rules that they're supposed to post with this and that. Like, I actually read one of their social media. I found online, like, the rules and guidelines for social media. Like, I found a little PowerPoint presentation online from the inside the WWE. And, like, I get it. I get what they're trying to promote. But, like, even like the filters they use in the picture, I'm like, you guys are messing up perfectly good pictures with like shitty Instagram filters, and like their page could be so much better, like the actual WWE page. And they actually own in all this content of WCW, they own all this video content. They have the network, and yet they don't share any of that stuff on the page. They share some of the like they share the wrestlers what they do now, some charity stuff, which is 110. percent That's what they need to be sharing, showing their brand as a brand. They have to do all this charity stuff. 110% make the brand look good. But also, like, don't forget about your actual wrestling fans. Right. And I feel like the WWE Instagram page forgets about the actual wrestling fans. Yeah, they're corporate now, man. Like corporate. <laughs> yeah, it's just so bad. Because like, I think like, like the weekend follows me, the rock follows me, but they don't follow the WWE's Instagram page because the WWE's Instagram page could be so much better. Yeah. They're all the way corporate now, man. But uh, all right, for, for all our listeners out there, I am going to show. That whether you know it or not, not 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 you, but I'm talking to the listeners. Whether you know it or not, you are all living in a, a storyline that was correctly written by Vince McMahon and the crew. Whether you know it or not, or believe it or not, I am going to prove it to you. Now, like I said, I have not discussed anything with Justin. I have not discussed it. Not at all, no. And I'm going to get... I literally messaged you before we called asking how we're supposed to record this. <laughs> and, and I'm going to bring up That's news a- headlines throughout the past couple years and and some recent. And I'm going to and going to ask Justin. He's going to tell you where this relates to WWE or just wrestling in general. From the from the attitude era to the golden age of wrestling to to the to the to the new age, new school, all that kind of stuff. He is going to show you and tell you 
without me even asking him. Watch what I tell you. First one is this, Justin. All right, now check this out. Now I'm a big basket. Yeah. I'm a big basketball fan. Uh, the NBA. Okay. Now, <clears throat> okay. Kevin Durant would play with the mm-hmm. Golden State Warriors. Kevin Durant made it when he was with the. And I'm sorry. Let me, let me say that again. Kevin Durant played with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, when he played with the Oklahoma City Thunder, he was the MVP of the league. Great guy. People loved him. They called him Iceberg Slim. When he won his MVP, he dedicated the whole MVP to his mother. Fans loved him. They ate it up. They were all marks for him. But then Kevin Durant, last summer, decided to go to the enemy team, the team that defeated him after being up 3-1 against the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors triumphant return to greatness by beating the team that Kevin Durant was on. And what did Kevin Durant do? He said, decided to join that team, the Golden State Warriors, and basically didn't give his partner in crime, Russell Westbrook, a heads up that he was leaving. He left. He went from being a good guy to a bad guy and didn't apologize at, apologize for his actions or his new attitude at all. Justin, tell me in wrestling history, where have you seen a good guy like Kevin Durant turn into a bad guy? Oh, man, um, there were so many examples for that. Um, <laughs> obviously, to be honest, the first one that came to my mind uh, was, like, obviously Hogan leg dropping on Savage, coming out there in the red and yellow, and then basically ripping the red and yellow off and joining these bad guys, being like, hey, this is a new world order. You guys, you guys don't, you guys don't got it. Ah, Justin, are you talking about when Hulk Hogan, the great Hulk Hogan, made a heel turn and went from a good guy to a bad guy and joined the NWO? Is that what you're talking about? And turned on Team WCW and his best friend, the Macho Man of the Mega Powers. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Justin. Justin, are you saying that... Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant were good friends like Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage, a.k.a. the Mega Powers, and Hulk Hogan, of all people, turned on him. Are you saying that this actually happened in wrestling first? Is that what you're saying? I sure am. (laughs) So there you go, everybody listening. I haven't talked. I haven't talked about this with Justin at all, but we're proving a point that we're all living in a, in a in a wrestling story. Hey hey hey! Now go ahead and expl- go, go ahead and explain a little I bit more. The next one. Go go well go before we get to that. Explain a little bit more what all happened when Hulk Hogan made that heel turn. Sum it up in as as quick as you can. So basically, Hulk Hogan is the biggest baby face in professional wrestling from like 1980. From the moment he appeared in Rocky as Thunderlips, Rocky Three, to 1996, so almost 10, 11 years, he's the biggest baby face. Um, him and Randy Savage had an off and on relationship, but they were best friends. They were considered the mega powers, and they were WCW. Scott Hall and Kevin Nash came in from the WWF, and they were dubbed the Outsiders because technically they weren't WCW guys. They were supposed to be perceived as WWF guys come to take over WCW, infiltrate the company. And, uh, and uh, basically, they said they had a third man, 
and he was going to join them to help take down WCW. And it was a six-man tag match at WrestleMania. Two teams. So fake basketball, there was two teams. There was the WCW team against the, NW, well, the Outsiders team at this point. And, um, you know, that Outsiders took out Luger. They took out Sting. And it was down to just Savage bending off against both Outsiders. And out comes Hulk Hogan. And all his pride and glory when his red and yellow and coming to save the day. But instead of saving the day, he drops the big leg drop on the Macho Man. Aha. And then turned his back on the fans. He turned his back on his best friend. He turned his back on WCW. And he turned into the, in my mind, one of the greatest heels in professional wrestling history. Because in my eyes, Hulk Hogan was always a heel. And when he actually was a heel, those were his true colors. And it was it was great. It was phenomenal. Hulk Hogan, the bad guy with the outsiders, and he called it the New World Order of Wrestling, and that's exactly what it was. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. Let me give you another example now to all of our listeners so I can prove to you all that wrestling is not just for, for what do you call them, misfits or whatever like that. You too, the regular yeah. person, the regular person is, a, is part of a wrestling. It's all, everything that you see on TV is nothing but a work. It's all a work. It's, it could have been written by Vince McMahon or Vince Russo himself. Here's another example. Uh, um, sorry, Justin. Now, like I said, me and you have not talked at all. But here's a great example. We're going to we're going to stick into the world of the NBA basketball. LeBron James. You heard of LeBron James, right? Yeah, LeBron James is a uh, misfit himself. He follows the wrestling classic. And of course, how do you not know who LeBron James is? Like, wow. If you live in this generation, I don't even watch basketball that much. But I, like, if you don't know who LeBron James is, then wow, you're telling you me you must be like living on Mars or something. King James follows you. Yeah, King James follows the wrestling classic. Unbelievable! I'm talking. I'm talking to a. Yeah. I'm talking to a legend on the phone right here. I'm talking to you, bro. You <laughs> seriously? All right, here we go. LeBron James was originally. Uh, part of the Cleveland Cavaliers. In 2010, he, just like Kevin Durant, made a heel change and went down and played in South Beach for the Miami Heat, became part of a team called the Big Three with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. They were Pat Riley's boys, and they ran hell on the NBA. Uh, They only won two championships and four attempts in the NBA Finals, but throughout his whole time, being down to Miami Heat, he was a heel. People couldn't stand him. They felt like he turned his back on his city, his state. People hated him. But what happened? LeBron James decided to go home. Cleveland's own, Akron's own son came back home. I think it was 2014 he decided to come back home. And that's when he came back and rejoined the Cleveland Cavaliers. And guess what? Everybody loved him. He became a good guy again. Or in wrestling terms, a face. He went from heel to face. Justin, have you ever seen a story in wrestling where the guy came back home and everybody loved them again. Can you think of a story? This is a 
we'll, we'll stay on the terms of Hulk Hogan because I, I don't think of the greater story than the Hulk Hogan coming home story. <laughs> I know right now we're currently having Kurt Angle coming home, but um, it's just at the brink of he's going in the Hall of Fame. We don't know if he's going to wrestle yet. And as far as um, cheap plug for the WWE, the Hall of Fame is this Friday on the WWE Network. And um, if you want to see the the uh, reaction the crowd gives Kurt Angle when he first steps back on the Hall of Fame, in a, like a wrestling environment in the WWE, what's the reaction he gets? We don't know yet. But I want to go with Hulk Hogan because Hulk Hogan will always be the WWE's guy. He was the w- WWF at the time. Hulkamania, running wild, biggest star, carried that banner. Well, after WWF to go make movies, ended up signing a deal with Eric Bischoff to go to the WCW. Although Hogan made WCW a mega company, made a competition to the WWF, almost destroyed the WWF as a company. Think about that. Picture being Vince McMahon, you create this guy, right? And this is probably how they like the, the management of uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like they built up this guy. They they made gave him a home. They they, they promote him as a top player. They, he was he was like the team poster child, basically. And then he leaves and he goes to a different team. He goes to the WCW and he's pretty much like destroying your company. Yes. Uh, winning championships. Yes. <laughs> recreating for becoming a huge star, even a bigger star. And then in 2002, when WCW closed, folded, no longer come. Hey, and another example, there you, you brought up how uh, LeBron went and, you know, hooked up with uh, Bosch and uh, Wade. It's like, you know, Hogan went to WCW, and there's these two other guys that were super hot at the time that were also WWF made, though. That's a little bit different, but Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, he put himself with them. And that was the team. That was the NWO. Yeah. You bring those three guys. This is where it's a little bit different. Those three guys come back to the WWF. And the only one that was getting a home welcome, cheered for louder than anybody else when you touched that mic and No Way Out 2002, when the NWO came back to the WWF in 2002, after, a, year, a year after WCW closed its doors. Hogan was cheered like a baby face. Hogan because no home. matter what, even while he was a heel when he came back, the WWF crowd loved him, and that was his home. When he faced off against The Rock at WrestleMania 18, he was the bad guy. But the fans loved him so much because he's WWF that they cheered him. And then I think it was Montreal when Hogan switched from the black, from the white, and went back to the red and yellow. And he had one of the longest ovations from the crowd. Oh, yeah. I think it was a and like it went on for like I think eleven minutes or something, and he just soaked in because they welcomed him. They welcomed him back home with open arms. And the moment he came back, that like that just showed that like yeah, he went to WCW. He made them tons of money. He won championships. He hooked up with the he had was a part of the hardest angle in professional wrestling of all time in my mind. Because if there wasn't the NWO, there wouldn't be an Attitude Era. There wouldn't be DX. There wouldn't be Stone Cold running rapid with a beer truck. That wouldn't have happened if they didn't have to compete against this other company in That's the NWO. Right. That is uh And then he came back and then and then he came back home and he became a gay guy again and he was loved and he was but he was at the end of the day, like whatever he did W seven didn't even matter because he was Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And Hulk Mania still was running wild. Like LeBron James Mania still running wild when he got back to Cleveland and didn't die. Yeah, it's, it's right. on hold. It needed, it needed a break. You're right. You're 100 percent right, and it's crazy because I wasn't even think. This is why you're the wrestling classic, and I'm and I'm just a, a podcast guy because I was thinking about 
just from a small standpoint, Shawn Michaels going home. You know, I wasn't even thinking about in as elaborate as you made it, but you're 100% right. I was just thinking about Shawn Michaels coming back home, Texas own town. You know, I was thinking about one of those moments, but yeah, yeah you're 100% right. Thank you just for bringing that down. I got a couple more. Now, uh, you, okay, I'm having fun with this. This is great. Yeah, now, <laughs> now check this out. Um, right now, ESPN is the uh, ESPN since probably its conception has been the worldwide leader in sports. You want to go to sport, you you want to get your sports, you go to directly to ESPN. It's all, it's in every hotel. It comes standard with just about every cable package you you want. You want sports, everybody knows you go to ESPN. Uh they had some of the biggest personalities, you name it, uh for years. ESPN but then all of a sudden, Fox, Fox, Fox was known for the Fox regular channel, the home of the Simpsons, uh, married with children. Then it evolved into Fox News, where you see Bill O'Reilly and Sean Hannity and the stuff like that. And the Fox, the, how the hot Fox News girls. Then all of a sudden, Fox decides, you know what, we're going to get into the sports business. And, we, and they created FS1. Fox Sports One, and you know what ended up happening? Fox Sports started taking ESPN guys. What do you know? Colin Cowherd, a ESPN guy, the brand of ESPN, the hottest show on the hottest radio show on ESPN. What do you know? They paid him big money to go from the East Coast in Bristol, Connecticut. To the West Coast in Los Angeles. And now he is on, what do you know, FS1. If it wasn't that, if that wasn't bad enough, the hottest show, hottest sports debate show in sports history is First Take. Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless. What do you know? Skip Bayless' contract was up. What do you know? FS1 paid him big money, a million dollars more then W then, I'm sorry I'm sorry then then ESP then ESPN what this is all true then ESPN wanted to pay him they suckered him in to leaving his home in Bristol to come to Los Angeles and start up FS1 and these are just those those are just the those are just the main names there are more and more to go Justin from the Wrestling Classic, can you name an example in Wrestling Classic history where a company might have taken a taken the WWE's talent and brought them, I don't know, down south? Can you think of something like that that may have happened? I was going to say that to you because when you said the whole they went from the East Coast to the West Coast, I'm like, that's really going from New York down to Atlanta, Georgia. So, um, what are you talking about, yeah, Justin? No, Explain um, that. That was, that's, that's WCW for you. That's, that's Ted Turner who had a, you know, a multi-million dollar, billion dollar network television, you know, company where he had CNN and all that, T and, what was the TNT, I think, back in those days, and yep, all the Superstation yep. yes. here in Canada, I think it was called, but, you know, the, Ted Turner was this television mogul. He, he owned television at this point almost um like so many of the most popular networks for movies and television shows and sitcoms and sports he had sports he had football and he had baseball i mean not football he had baseball basketball 
And uh, he decided he wanted to get into the wrestling business because he was a wrestling fan and he um, bought out Jim Crockett Promotions and they went off with WCW. So obviously there was a few uh, whatever years of WCW. First day, I said they were still really good years, but they just won when WCW was at its peak. They weren't financially doing well. Pop in Eric Bischoff, um, who had a plan, a man of the plan. And that's exactly what happened. Once that happened, they started taking guys to the WWF, you know, taking people that were pretty much built in the WWF that were like the face of the company with suddenly showing up in WCW. I'm talking about like Hulk Hogan, the Macho Man, um, Big Boss Man, uh, Virgil, Ted DiBiase, all these faces were showing up in WCW. Um, and they were WWF guys. They, 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 this was their competition, and they were taking their guys a big money contract. Uh, you mentioned at one point there was, there was a guy that went from ESPN to Fox because ESPN didn't want to pay them pay him as much as Fox wanted to pay him. What you... That's that's like the, literally the story of Brett the Hitman Hart. Yeah, yeah. That is uh, that is that that is Brett in 1997 wanting to stay with the WWF, but having this the guaranteed the million dollar contract sitting on the other side of the table at WCW that he couldn't refuse and and if the WWF offered to pay him even close to that amount he'd stay and they said they couldn't do it so he went to WCW um, it's totally it's, honestly when you're saying it though, it's, the, it's the only thing that could come to mind is WCW versus WWF and yes. these guys were the originals these guys were the brand name these guys came in as competition so taking their guys with big money contracts and made themselves competition yeah exactly yeah. and we, like i said me and you have not talked i know people don't we have not talked but you are i'm telling you right now you're three for three i'm gonna give one more then we're gonna go break down this weekend uh the whole wrestling thing now check me yeah we're gonna break it I, down. and i and i'm telling you right now like, and i'm being completely honest with you like i i don't all of the stuff that you tell me besides the lebron james thing going to cleveland and miami like i already knew that but the stuff about Durant and the stuff about ESPN, like, this is all new to me. I've never even heard this stuff. Like, oh, and this is facts, I, brother. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't keep up with sports as much as you probably think I might. I used to a lot. I used to be a huge hockey fan and a huge basketball fan and a little bit of a football fan. But I, I don't know what happened in the last, like, five, ten years. Like, honestly, my life has been a wrestling bubble. Yeah. So I, I've, uh, I hear about stuff. I hear about stuff. I watch highlights. I hear the things. I don't really know for sure. Like, the details. And the, the, you're giving me these examples in great detail. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm literally learning this from you, and I'm coming up with these examples. So that tells you how much this relates. Like. Yeah, and, 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 and let's get one more, the last one, and uh, <laughs> this probably might be an easy one for you. It might not be, but it, whether it's easy or hard for you, uh, pause. I want everybody to know that this is real life. This is really happening, but it happened in wrestling first. <clears throat> now, Donald Trump. Now Donald Trump is now oh, God. Donald Trump is now the president of the United States, and he is he's president of the United States with a lot of conflict and a lot of controversy. But he wasn't always this asshole. Some would say that we see or we watch tweet. Now there was a time in the early '90s where Donald Trump was actually liked amongst people. He would show up on celebrity roasts. He would show up on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. People liked the Donald, as they called him. Then all of a sudden, he decided he wanted to run for president of the United States. And it started before 2015, 2016. It actually started when President Obama was the president of the United States. 
And I think in Donald Trump's mind, he felt like, well, hell, if he can become president, anybody can become president. So Donald Trump went from a likable guy who showed up at boxing events, wrestling events, all type of sports events, and, and shook people's hands, kissed babies, people of all nationalities, women, men, you name it. Everybody loved the Donald as he showed up in movies, TV shows. He hosted Celebrity Apprentice. So for the most part, people thought he was a nice guy. But then that nice guy decided in order to be president of the United States, can't run as a Democrat, got to run as a Republican. That means I have to run to the right because you don't win elections. Let me get a little bit political here. You don't win elections being in the middle like Hillary Clinton. You got to be all the way to the left or all the way to the right. That's how you get your base. So Donald Trump decided to go all the way to the right. And he became this billionaire asshole. Who said that? Yes, I said it. Billionaire asshole. Where he decided to say the things that that part of America was thinking. He didn't care if he offended anybody. He said what he wanted to say. Yes, Donald Trump was elected president of the united states the 45th president by being a billionaire asshole justin from the wrestling classic can you think of anywhere in wrestling history where we've seen a billionaire asshole <laughs> i think it's the it's just the art of the beast um everybody likes you when you're not doing anything that affects them and everybody like it, 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 I don't I put a promo up on uh, my page yesterday and it was triple it was, it was a part of it was a part of the promo Triple H was cutting with Seth Rollins yes ring. great promo bro. and I, I didn't I, I, I didn't well, I, yeah I'm pretty sure you posted it I didn't I didn't relate it that way I just thought it was very like there's obviously some parts where you're like, okay, he's a heel, he's gonna say the stuff like where he's a part where he's like, oh, screw everybody, like that's that's him being a heel. He's still a heel character. But the gist of that promo, like what he's saying, it's true. And anybody that's reached any level of success knows that. Everybody wants to be on your team, everybody wants to support you, but the moment you hit a certain point, they don't like you no more because they think, you know, that's this guy. He thinks like I think um it's been it's been a common place in professional wrestling that if you're rich and you're successful, you're the bad guy. It's just it is what it is. The million dollar man was the bad guy. Vince McMahon, the rich billionaire, was the bad That's guy. That's who I was talking about, um, Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like as long as you're like the authority, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon say they're the successful, they're the billionaires, they're the owners, they're the bad guys. Everyone wants to be the anti establishment against the authority. Everybody wants Oh, those guys are in charge. They're the boss. They're loaded. They they don't understand us. They can't relate to us. F that guy. Mm -hmm. so it's cool when you're doing TV shows and showing up to events. Like, don't worry about. Everybody's gonna love. Um... Here's another example. Like everyone will love Jay Z and Beyonce. They call them the King Queen. Oh, they're the greatest ever. They're looking at doing this stuff over here. That this basketball event. This that. If they tried running, saying they're gonna run the country, people would turn on them. Oh Instantly. yeah. I don't give a. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, you know, if, if Kim Kardashian and Kanye West wanted to run this country, like they have, I, I hate the society we live in, but Kim Kardashian is mainstream. She is who she is. Everybody knows who she is all around the world. She is probably one of the most popular figures on this planet. And that sucks. In my mind, that sucks. But like, this is what it is. Yeah. Um, Kanye is a, a genius. I always, I don't, like, honestly, he's a little cuckoo, but I, I 
I'm a Macho Man fan. I believe you need to embrace the madness. Nobody that was sane did anything important. You yeah. have to be a little mad. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, that's true. That is true. Vince McMahon is a little mad. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, Steve Jobs is a little mad. You know, it's either anger, it's either, it's either like psychoticness, and you can't be a normal everyday. I'm gonna go have a beer, eat my steak dinner, go to the club, person, and make a difference and do something. Cool. You have to be a little fucking crazy. Um, but if Kanye and Kim Kardashian said they're gonna actually run for office, like people would turn on them so fast. Yeah. Um, power, power scares people. Yeah, being rich and powerful are the two things that you people want to support. People like you got to hide that part of you. Donald Trump couldn't hide that. Vince McMahon couldn't hide that. You know the characters like Alberto Del Rio, really all that they flaunted it on purpose so you would hate them so they could gain that heat. Um, it's just it's just the way the world is, you know. And that yeah. promo by Triple H talking to Seth Rollins, there's truth to that. I, I, on both ends of the spectrum, you know, uh, being someone that's not as rich as someone like someone, sometimes like, you know, these guys, they don't get it, they're loaded, they're millionaires, they didn't, he married the boss's daughter, he didn't have to work for anything, you know, and that's the sort of the fight and the jealousy, the fact that maybe I, I wish I was where he was at. Yeah. But at the same time, I've been on the other side of the spectrum when people look at me and they're like, you know, this guy doesn't get it, look, he lives in a nice house, he has this thing, he's doing that, he's driving a nice car, but really, like, they don't know nothing about me, they're judging me from what I have, it's just, if you have stuff, you're going to be a bad guy. Being successful makes you a bad guy in people's eyes. You're going to be surrounded by people that are going to be fake to you. Then you're going to have a really hard time to figure out who, who really are your friends and who really aren't. And it's, it's Donald Trump was not well. The worst thing that guy ever did was run for president. <laughs> you said, what was it? Oh, yeah, run for president. Yeah, you're right. As, you're right. Because if he, if he never did that, he would still be like, you know, I still think people would appreciate him. But people you, wouldn't know all this dirty stuff about him. People wouldn't, people, you know, the stuff he's saying, but, about grabbing chicks in the, the vagina and stuff. Like, I get that. That's whatever. I mean, like, I don't agree with that whatsoever. I don't. But I'm just saying, like, Howard Stern can do that on a radio show for years, yeah. talk dirty and do stupid stuff. Like, he could be. But he couldn't run for president. Jerry Springer can make a whole show around controversy like that. But he couldn't run for president. Get away with it. <laughs> yeah. Because it's okay. But he can't run for president because that's the type of stuff that gets aired out. It makes, you know, yeah. that's a whole different story. But, but can we yeah. agree that 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 Donald Trump running for president is like is, is the same thing? If you traded Donald Trump's name and put Vince McMahon on there, uh-huh. would we? it would probably be the same thing. I mean, seriously, Donald oh, Trump. Oh, 110%. Donald it's Trump and Vince McMahon, McMahon are the same person. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, pretty much. The, the homies, too. Uh, obviously, like, Trump and the WWF go way back. 1987, yeah, 1987, no, 1988 and 1989, WrestleManias were held in Trump Plaza in Atlantic City back in the 80s, and their relationship goes way back. You know, obviously, he was involved in WrestleMania 23, shaved Vince McMahon's head, he bought Raw in, like, 2009, like, you know, Vince has been on the Celebrity Apprentice. I'm a, I was a huge fan of the Celebrity Apprentice show. And um, it's the same thing. Like, you know, and, and I, I, I don't know for sure because I'm not in there. I've never worked with the guy. I don't know. But I, I kind of I consider myself a wrestling historian. Like, I, I do my research. I read everything I can read. I listen to podcasts. I, I gather all the information. And from everything I've heard, like, if Vince ran for president, it'd be the same type of chaos. Like, people yeah, are going so be. much dirty. You know, people are bringing up, people will be bringing up, like, deaths in wrestling and sex scandals oh, and this and that. Gosh, yes. Wrongful treatment, like, and all this stuff that, like, you know, right now, it's obviously still there, but it's not that big of a deal, as bad as that sounds. It's just not that big of a deal because, like, 
he's not doing anything that has any reason for people to put the spotlight on him and be like, yeah, you did this. But if he ran for president, all that dirty laundry, all those skeletons in his closet, they're going to come out, you know? Right. And that's what happened to Donald Trump. Like, when he wasn't doing anything like this, it was all cool, it was all fun and games. Yeah, I watched the apprentice, it's funny, huh? I was walking and he was fired, look at his hair, the toupee or not. And then the moment that he runs for president, all those skeletons came out of the closet. All those things that were bad about him were, you know, they were spotlighted. And yeah, that's, 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 that's real life imitating art. That's art imitating real yeah, life. Exactly. It's, I they, couldn't they have put it better. Close. Wrestling is an art. Yes. It's, it's, it's a TV show. It's a movie. It's a, it's a theater. Yes. And um, it's an athletic theater. And life is life. And these four examples that you just gave me right now just show how art imitates life and life well, imitates art. Well, well, let me give you, let me tell you the reason why. Because sports is on cable TV. The news is on, yeah. the news is on cable TV. It, essentially, Fox News is competing with the WWE. ESPN is competing with the WWE. So, I'm not a mark for the situation. I know that there are times where you know, I'm not a I'm not a 12 year old kid watching the NBA. I know that there's some back. Yeah, yeah. I know there's something being pulled, some strings being pulled in the back that we'll probably never find out about. The only difference between uh, what we see in politics and in sports is that the WWE tells you up front we're sports entertainment. Those guys are sports entertainment too. Politics is politics entertainment. That's why you have these these. That's how Bill O'Reilly is making twenty million a year off off that by by. Well, if it, if it's on TV, if it's on TV, yeah, you want people to watch it. That's that's the bottom. That's what television is. If it's on it's on TV, you want people to watch it. If nobody's watching that, yeah. Then you're not going to be on TV for long, like especially the, cable TV. TV right? Especially cable TV. Once it hits, oh. once it hits cable TV, yeah, so, it's all about ratings, and you got to do what you got to do so, to keep keep the people tuned in. Yeah, like you're saying, it's about storylines, right? Yeah, everything in the wrestling tells a story each and every week. When you turn on the news, you want to hear a story. If they didn't have a story to go with whatever bullshit they're screwing, <laughs> yeah. then. Why would I? What? Why? What makes me want to switch from this news channel to the other news channel? Because now they're competing with each other. You know, you got Fox to be with CNN and CNN competing with, you know, this. You know, like, what? Because there's so many news. Like, this like over. Well, if you, yeah, cable TV is huge. Like, if you, cable TV is like the biggest competition. But man, there's like over five thousand channels these days. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But just we got to move on, brother. I'm glad you were able to oh. uh, go four for four on that. You. you like I said, we didn't discuss this at all. I just gave you some examples. We haven't talked since 2015. We haven't talked since uh, Sting came back. And now Sting is retired. Holy it, it, fuck, yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember it all, brother. Follow Inside the Cave on Instagram at Inside the Cave and at Cave Crush for the hottest women on the planet. Like Inside the Cave on Facebook, Inside the Cave Podcast, and follow Inside the Cave on Twitter at Cave Crush. Inside the Cave. Thought-provoking in-ring guy talk with special guests and Cave Crush interviews. All right, let's move on, man. Big weekend, WrestleMania weekend, as they used to say, the granddaddy event of them all. Uh, let's start with, first of all, the Hall of Fame is actually Friday this year. It's not Saturday. Uh, tell all our listeners who's going into the Hall of Fame this year, bro. Um, I think the three that I'm extremely, I'm often happy for, I'm going the wrong 
um, the three that stand out the most to me, the three that I think um, are deserve, like completely deserving to be in there sooner than later. One is like very long overdue, and that's Ravishing McRude. Um, if you guys don't know who Ravishing McRude is, I'm pretty shocked. Um, uh, I won't be too shocked if you're younger, obviously. Um, but if you're like older and you've been watching wrestling from the 80s and 90s and you don't know who Rick Rude is, I'd be pretty shocked. If you don't know who Rick Rude is, turn this podcast <laughs> off right now. If you don't know who Rick Rude is. Rick Rude. Oh, man, Ravish, Rick Rude, man. Swing of he was Val Venus before Val Venus, man. He was, uh, he was, um, he deserves to be. He's, he's obviously not with, he's no longer with us. Um, every year they try to put uh, at least one, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, posthumous, like someone that passed away in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, I think last year it was Big Boss Man. The year before that it was uh, Macho Man, obviously my favorite of all time. And then this year's Ravish and Rick Rude, also very deserving. Um, like I said, they only try to put one person that can't physically be there in the Hall of Fame a year, and this year's Rick Reed. I know a lot of people will be like, what about Baby Boy, what about Owen, what about Bam Bam? All these guys will eventually get put in the Hall of Fame. But this year's Rick Reed, he deserves it. The other two guys that I'm really big on, um, going into the field, obviously, Damon Dallas Page, DDP. Yeah. Man, that guy deserves it. I don't think he just deserves it. For, like, he had a tremendous wrestling career. He really did. Um, I was a DDP fan when I was like a little kid. You know, He was, up, he was like one of the guys that was up against the NWO that actually seemed like he could beat them and stuff and you know dropping diamond cutters before RKO's out of nowhere like the guy was just cool man and, and uh his WWF run was kind of whatever it was cool his stalker gimmick at first was cool but the draw, I don't think he did much after that but I think his biggest accomplishment is what he's doing today with DDP Yoga yeah. um I know it sounds it's, it's not your his, I think his tagline is it's not your mama's yoga because it's not it's, it's it's yoga that anybody do, male, female. It's, it's not categorized as like that, you know, chicks going to yoga and stuff. And he's helped so many. Like, he's set Scott Hall and Jake Snake Roberts. Not like, like the lives back in order. Like these guys, are, like we're lucky that they're even still alive and with us. Hey, with all the great wrestlers that have passed, really. Like, like I, I strongly believe that Jake Snake Roberts would probably be dead if it wasn't for DDP and DDP. Oh, yoga. Scott Hall too. Scott bro. Hall would probably be dead. Scott Hall would probably be dead if it wasn't for DDP and DDP. Yoga. Both those guys live long enough to not be the Rick Rude of the Hall of Fame. They got to be inducted in the Hall of Fame and be there in person and tell their speech. And, and it's because of DDP and DDP Yoga. Like, if that man does not get a standing ovation at the Hall of Fame this year for what he's done outside of wrestling until this very day, man, the positivity that guy feels and that, the way he's helping these wrestlers that were addicted to pills and alcohol and drugs and getting their lives back in order, like, I'm extremely ecstatic that DDP is going to the Hall of Fame. Obviously, the third biggest, the number one biggest guy going into this year is Kurt Angle. Yeah. Man, that guy was in the WWE. That guy was in the WWF for six years and accomplished more than guys that have been there for ten years have. He is an Olympic gold medalist. He's an NCAA cha- like world champion. He's a TNA champion. Even though they don't, they're not going to acknowledge that. He pretty much put that company. He made that company watchable for many years. Um, he was a former IWGP champion, which is like New Japan Wrestling is the WWF in Japan. And it's not an independent promotion. It's literally the WWF Japan League. That is as big in like Asia and Europe as WWF is in Europe and in North America. That's what New Japan Pro Wrestling is. And uh, he was a champion there. And honestly, just one of the greatest, just natural greatest wrestlers of all time. And he's mad. The guy was funny. He could be serious. He could do it all. Like he was a total package. And he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm glad he's back with the WWF. I still hope he does wrestle because there's so many matches I want to see him have. But he deserves on it. Like. I'm a Kurt Angle mark, so I, I love it. Those are the three that I'm going in. There's also Teddy Long, The Rock and Roll Express, wow. Phoenix. Wow. And uh, I, I love that Beth Phoenix is going in, I really do. Um, 
I just, I honestly, personal opinion, I think, you know, the likes of Miss Elizabeth, Luna Vachon, China, Sable, like, those girls should be going in the Hall of Fame first. But it's cool. I love that Phoenix. She did a lot. She was, in a period where I wasn't really watching women's wrestling, she stood out to me. So, that says a lot. Well, let, let me, let me, um, let me read. Rock- go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I'm for the Rock and Express is great. They deserve it. And also, of course, Teddy Long, player, player, the guy's a man. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say? Well, let me recap what you just said. Uh, Rick Rude, uh, before X-Pac, was the only member or the first member to be part of new world order and dx or actually dx first then new world order so uh the nwo as they call it so uh rick rude is a, I, look, I look at rick rude and i'm like rick rude has been part of some of the greatest factions of all time like yeah. four of them i always say four because yes he was a part of dx yes he was part of the nwo this guy was also part of paul Heyman's dangerous line yeah paul Heyman to me is one of the greatest managers of all time and this was pulling him in the early 90s. That's where Rick Rude was in WCW in the early 90s. He was part of Paul Heyman, at the time, Paul Lee Dangerous, please, Dangerous Alliance. So he got to hook up with Paul Heyman, one of the greatest managers of all time. And then he also got to hook up with Bobby Heenan, and he was part of the Heenan family. That's correct, like, brother. Dude, this, guy is, this guy was part of the Heenan family, Bobby Heenan, the Dangerous Alliance with Paul Heyman, DX with Shawn Michaels and Triple H, and the NWO with the Who's Who of Wrestling from Bret Hart, Kurt Henning, Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, Kevin, like you know what I mean? Like everybody was part of the NWO at one point. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's huge. Like, you he, know, like he is well deserved. And uh yeah, and now let's yeah. uh and then also um I actually thought China would have been just because, you know, she died last year, I thought they were gonna squeeze her in this year too. So uh they didn't do that. I but, think she'll I, I I think she'll definitely go in. Um once again it goes back to that factor that I think they only like to induct one person that hasn't um, passed away. Right, I mean, that right. can't be there for passed away at a right. time. Um, maybe they'll do one woman and one guy next year or something because they, they, they need to get Miss Elizabeth in there. They, they need to get China in there, you know? Right, right, right. And um, uh, also, I think I think Fable deserves to be there because Fable was like the highlight of the attitude year for the first half. Like, and she helped that product take off and compete with Nitro because like everybody fucking loves Fable. And that's crazy and, that, uh, that Trish Stratus is in there before, before Sable. Trish Stratus, Sonny, uh, Lita. Yeah, well, Sunny fits in. Sunny was like the first diva, in my yeah. mind. Sunny yeah, was the original diva. Trish and Lita deserve to be in there too. Don't get me wrong, but I, I, I just think before you skip this whole generation and get to like the Beth Phoenixes and the Eve Torreses and the Kelly Kelly like, that only felt like it was five, ten years ago. Like if you're gonna skip to that generation, let's get those people in first. Yeah, you're <laughs> you right know, yeah. let's get the Medusas, the Wendy Wickers, who are already in the Hall. Let's get those people in. Let's get the Luna Vachons. Yeah. Let's now, get the now when it comes to Miss um, Elizabeth. Now, when it comes to uh, to DDP, it's crazy to me. I think he's a big star and he des- deserves it. But the guy who's inducting him deserves to be in there before him, if you ask me, Eric Bischoff. I mean, you're talking about a guy who, um, I mean, they were, I am we wouldn't even know DDP if it wasn't for Bischoff. The, the biggest Eric Bischoff, Bischoff mark ever. I and I and I, I it's evident on my page if you follow me like the whole it ain't easy being king gimmick that I play like I, it's, that's a rip of Eric Bischoff's hard being king. There was one promo in I think August of 1998 yeah. when they're whipping WWE's asses in the ratings where Eric Bischoff is sitting in the middle of the ring on a motorcycle and there's a spotlight on him and he's just talking about how they've been whipping the WWF's ass. He's like, it's hard being king, and I'm like. That's it. Yeah. That's what the wrestling class is going to be because I love Eric Bischoff. Um, obviously, he's had his mistakes. He's not the perfect person in the world. 
But the Eric Bischoff character is so arrogant and so cheesy and so easy to hate that I'm like, if I was ever on TV, I want to be like Eric Bischoff. I want people to hate me because like, it's just like I love Vince and I love Paul Heyman. I think those three in the late 90s made wrestling what it was. Um, you can't give either any of them more credit than the other. Um, Heyman had the underground ECW, was just a genius. Like, Heyman deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Bischoff deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Vince says he's never going to put himself in his own Hall of Fame, but he definitely deserves to be there. Those three guys and their team, like, obviously Vince had Pat Patterson and Russo on his team, and, like, Heyman had his guys that he trusted, and Bischoff had his WCW crew and Ted Turner's money. Like, But what, the, what they did in that late, like, wrestling has never been as big as it was in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Admit that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's nothing. Like, that Monday Night Wars, you can, yeah. Well, and, and we're going to talk about this later on. I want to get, um, yeah, you brought up a good point. It'll never get to that. And I, when I saw, like, when you when you put that uh, clip of Triple H, it made me, reminded me so much of what's missing. But we'll get to that in one second. Uh, let's get into this. Uh, Saturday, right before WrestleMania, is going to be a lot of events going on. Uh, but also the WWE Next Takeover. Now, tell us about Next Takeover. Now, that's, I keep hearing about that show, and I have watched it. But I haven't watched it since, uh, uh, since the girls, the four horse women, uh, made it to the big stage, so I really haven't kept up. With Honestly, it. I, I've been the same way. I'm, and I'm, I'm ashamed to say it. When it comes to NXT, um, I haven't watched it that much anymore. I, I love Shinsuke. I'm a huge Bobby Roode fan. I love Tommy. Uh, I mean Johnny Gargano and uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Like I love, I love what they're doing with. Um, I love the revival. I love what they're doing with the authors of pain. I think they're like two guys you can't like. They have everything there, but I just, I personally haven't been watching NXT either. Um, it's, it's a time thing, and it's, uh, and it's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's not, I feel like, and it's, like, and it sounds so bad for me to say, like, and they can obviously revive it at any point, but the glory days were there, and when they were on top, they took so many guys and threw them on the main roster so fast that it kind of slowed the momentum of NXT down, like, yeah. The days of Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Sasha Banks, Charlotte, Becky Lynch, you know, like Finn Balor, the Samoa they were all there at once. It was like you wanted to watch it. It was like another show. It's yeah. still like another show, but it just, I've been missing out. I'll say this. I don't really know the card that well. I know there's going to be uh, Shinsuke versus Bobby Roode. That match will be great. Yeah, no, no, wait. Be, let's, uh, let's, 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 slow down, slow down, slow down. When did Bobby Roode yeah. come, to, come to next? Because he was... Uh, TNA guy, like 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 a lot of those guys, AJ and Samoa and all those. But when did when did Bobby Root? Because I I felt like Bobby, if anybody, should have been originally with WCW. I don't think Bobby Root, from what I remember about him at TNA, had to even shouldn't even had to go to TNA to even make it to next. I think he should have been the prime. He has the look, he has the moves. I mean, I've he can been talk. A, I've been a Bobby Root fan since he was in Team Canada, and I'm talking like 2005 here. Like I've and what I honestly I liked him he had the long hair I like uh, he's always kind of reminded me of Triple H in a weird way yeah um, so like what took him so long to get to, to get to WWE and um and why are they putting him I don't know he, he got there last year um and the reason I think he's on NXT is this and the same reason why I think Shinsuke is there the same reason I think a lot of people are there is they need to keep it relevant they built it up so much that it's like this alternative other product that they have it's not just a development that they need people on there to make people keep watching it. If you took everyone and threw them on the main roster, there's two things that are going to happen. One, NXT is going to flounder and be like, well, there's nobody on there that I want to watch anyway. There's no drawing power for NXT. Like, who are we going to watch? Why are we going to go to the NXT TakeOver? Who's wrestling who? 
So from that business standpoint, I get that. Like, okay, shit, we have to keep people on there. As much as we love to see Bobby Roode and Shinsuke on the main roster, there needs to be people on NXT for people to want to watch it um, while they build new stars under them. The second thing is if Bobby Roode is on the main roster, is there a chance he'd get lost in the shuffle? Is there a chance he'd be like not getting the actual push or the being used as the potential he should be used at? There's a huge chance of that happening because there's already so many top stars in the main roster. It's like, we're, like, look, the fact that AJ Styles and I, I'm not against the match, and we'll talk about this later for sure. The fact that AJ Styles is facing Shane McMahon at WrestleMania says a lot, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. We're gonna get to that. Like the like. Like it's it's uh, you can't as much as you want to see everybody on the main roster. There's only so many top spots that like some people would just get like look at Sami Zayn and Cesaro. These are the guys that you think should be on the top of the card, but Cesaro is stuck in a tag team with Sheamus and Sami Zayn is like one minute fighting feuding with Braun, one minute feuding with Owens, one minute I don't even know what's going on. Like I don't even know where he's placed on the card properly as the best man. I think he's on the Giant Battle Royal now. Like what? Like. He would have just been better at NXT, you say, and you had a better on SmackDown. So that's where I think that perception comes from. Um, yeah. yeah. Now, well, well, so well, you got to remember that. Well, let's, yeah. get, let's get to let's get to the um, the main show, WrestleMania. Uh, run down the card for me. I only know a couple of things on there. I'm going to watch it regardless, but run down the card for me. Um, and I'll ask my question. If, if, you are, if, you are, if you are going to Orlando and you are going to go to WrestleMania, go to NXT TakeOver. Because um, I went last year, I left down in a front row seat right next to the aisle, and it was probably the most fun show I went to that entire week. Obviously, WrestleMania was a blast, and the Raw after WrestleMania was a blast. But the, there's something special about that NXT crowd. Yeah, I keep there's hearing something it. I keep special hearing. about being in that, in that. And it's something special about being in that smaller venue. Because Raw still was an all-state arena, which is an arena. And then, you know, WrestleMania was in that huge AT&T stadium. But NXT was in this convention center. And man, like it was just—it was a smaller, more intimate venue, and it was just so much fun. <laughs> yeah, and I heard there's gonna be a couple surprises uh, from uh, never know who might show up at this next uh, NXT event. But let's get to the big show. Well, that's a perfect. Here's a perfect. I know, but that's a perfect example. You asked me when did Bobby would get there. Last year, when I was in NXT in Dallas, uh, night uh, two nights before WrestleMania. They showed Bobby Roode in the crowd, and that's where the hype started coming. That Bobby oh, Roode really? happened at that show. So, like, something like that could happen this year. They might show, like, you know, Kyle O'Reilly or Adam Cole in the crowd. They might, show, you know, you never know what's gonna happen. Nice, nice, right? nice, nice. Yeah, and, and then Triple H is doing a good job with with, with that, and and everybody who always for people that knows wrestling, they always say Triple H is gonna trying to keep somebody down and don't want to put nobody over he's you can't say that watching how he how he's developed i mean nameless of people i mean you count them i mean just all types of stars from that whole next thing i think that, i think it's it. because i think there's a lot that's a whole that's a whole separate podcast talking about triple h yeah, yeah uh, you're right about that that would be a whole that'd be a whole different show but i think there's truth to both sides i think there was a time where triple h as a as an active weekly character on television was trying to keep himself over to now the Triple H who isn't on every week but is more of a behind the scenes guy is trying to develop for the future his perspective of what he wanted for himself was different at two points in his life maybe back then he was chopping people by the leg but now he's trying to build people because now he's he's the, he's the corporate man so 
that's a whole different podcast of who Triple H is. But anyway, let's get to WrestleMania. Let's get to uh, it. Okay, here's what I need you. Here's what I need you to do because my thing is about to run out. I need you to run down all the matches. Give me your just give me the winners real quick for our listeners. Who's winning? Who's who? Who's the wrestling classic picking to win? Just run it down real quick. What you just said. Just give me the winners. Yeah. Austin Aries Neville, I'm going to go with Austin Aries. The triple threat Raw Tag Team Titles match uh, with Enzo Cast, the club, and Sheamus and Cesaro. I'm going to go with the club retaining the belts. Uh, women's SmackDown Women's Title match uh, with Alexa defending at the SmackDown roster, including Becky Lynch, Carmella, Natalia, and Mickey James. I think Alexa either retains or we get a surprise entrance that wins the belt, either Naomi or Eva Marie or something. Um, on to the Giant Battle Royal, I think the only logical choice of winning this is Braun Strowman. I think it's going to come down to like Braun Strowman, Sami Zayn, and Big Show. Something like that. Um, Baron Corbin and Dean Ambrose, I'm going to go with uh, Dean Ambrose, but I think this rivalry continues, and Baron Corbin will eventually become the Intercontinental Champion within champion with the next couple of months. Chris Jericho versus Kevin Owens. I think Chris Jericho retains the title here, but the rivalry doesn't end. Um, we will move forward with that, but Chris Jericho wins here. Triple H with Seth Rollins, one of my matches I'm looking forward to the most. Probably the match I'm looking forward to the most, to be honest with you, because the storyline has been so great, and it's been going on for about like three years. Um, Seth Rollins takes a win here. Triple H puts Seth Rollins over. Seth Rollins takes a win here, and he moves forward with his life. <laughs> um, John Cena and Nikki Bella versus the Miz and Maurice. Um, yeah, that's just a joke because as much as I'm looking forward to Triple H and Seth Rollins, I feel like the feud has been. There's a whole point where Triple H was off TV and Seth Rollins was feeding Kevin Owens, and you knew the whole goal was to get to him and Triple H. And you're like, what the fuck's going on? But anyways, um, <laughs> John Cena and Nikki Bella versus the Miz and Maurice. I'm gonna go John Cena and Nikki Bella. This will be a fun match. There's no way the Miz and Maurice are going to over it. I don't know if this is because Nikki's retiring soon or something. They wanted her to do something with John before she does. I also think there's a chance here that after the match, John Cena might pop the question and ask Nikki Bella to marry him. Oh, that would be a huge WrestleMania moment. Huge WrestleMania moment. Because they've used the storyline that uh, a big part of the storyline is that the oh. one thing Nikki doesn't have oh, wow. that Miz and Maurice has is that there's a ring on Maurice's finger. That's right. And what if John Cena pops the question? Anyways, I'm um, looking thinking? forward to Shane McMahon versus AJ Styles. Uh, AJ Styles. It'll be a great match. When I think of this match, I'm not thinking of the greatest wrestling match. I'm not thinking of the greatest story being told. But I'm thinking this is the match that's going to have the spots that we'll have you talking after. Oh, yeah. A lot of high spots. In Shane's going to yeah, Shane's gonna do some crazy shit. Styles is capable of doing some crazy shit because that guy can... Like, honestly, if you didn't know any better, you'd think AJ Styles had wings. Oh, and... Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, I think these two will—they—they will. Their part of the show is going to be the part of the show where you're like, "Holy shit, this is awesome!" The Those are the chants you're going to hear. Whole match, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Shano and AJ to be tremendous. As much as people are like, "Oh, AJ deserves to have a better match," whatever. Get over it. Uh, Fatal Foley for the women's Raw Women's Title match. I, once again, I don't know who they're going to make. Either way, um, if I was going to go with who I wanted to win, it'd be Sasha Banks. Um, Undertaker vs. Roman Reigns. This is the unpopular choice, but Roman Reigns needs to go over. Oh, man. Roman Reigns losing to the Undertaker does nothing for anybody. Taker's not going to be there on a weekly basis. Roman Reigns is not going to come out to the next night and be like, oh yeah, I lost to the Undertaker, but I'm still the big dog. Just like when Bray Wyatt keep calling himself the face of fear after he lost to the Undertaker. Just makes no sense. Right. Roman Reigns beats the Undertaker and goes on probably one of the most tremendous heel runs of his career, which <laughs> he needs to do, and I feel like if he does that, by next year WrestleMania, if he's a good enough heel, people will want to cheer him. Just put him against the right opponent. Put him against, I don't know, put him against like, The Miz or something. Or someone that people hate. Yeah. Um, 
Joe Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's gone over. The only reason I say that is that Goldberg beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 20. Goldberg beat Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. Goldberg eliminated Brock Lesnar from the Royal Rumble. Brock Lesnar needs to redeem himself. All right. All right. Um, and then the last one's Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. I'm going to go with the Randy Orton. And the only way I see Bray Wyatt winning is if there's some voodoo shit with uh, the Abigail. Yeah. Otherwise, Randy Orton's taking the title home and we're going to go home happy. Justin from the Wrestling Classic, brother. We Two years has been too long, brother. We got to do this again. Thanks for coming on, breaking this down. I got one more quick question before I let you go, and I hope I can squeeze this in. Will there be a Hulk Hogan sighting at this year's WrestleMania? I mean, with Trump being president, you can't say that Hogan's not, uh, politically incorrect when Vince McMahon and Triple H are good friends with this president. So will Hulk Hogan make a, uh, a comeback this year? Do you think so? He's in Orlando. Cheap part for Hulk Hogan. Hogan's Uh-oh. in shop in Orlando, opening up the same weekend. I'm a mark for Hulk. In Orlando, Hulkster. the same weekend of WrestleMania. Um, never say never. I don't know if it'll be an in-ring segment. That might be a little bit iffy for them, but maybe it'll be backstage. Hey, hey, I love Hulk. I always Hogan, did. we talked We talked about the bill here. Hogan always welcome home when it comes to the WWE. As he should. As he should. Just... He, went to T- he went to TNA and he still came back and was welcome with open arms. Plug your shit. Plug your shit real quick. Where can everybody find you other than <clears throat> the wrestling classic? Uh, follow me on the wrestling classic on Instagram. That's probably the most popular place to follow me. Um, wrestling classic on Twitter. I don't really use that much. My Snapchat is also wrestling classic. That's W R A S S L I N classic. Um, and also, guys, um, www.thewrestlingclassic.com There's reviews, blogs, podcasts When this podcast comes out If it's on SoundCloud or whatever I'm going to pump it up and throw it on my on my website to you So everyone can listen to it And find it on my website um, You can go to TWC Shop From the website Get yourself some Wrestling Classic t-shirts And Sweet. stuff like that uh, Yeah, no man, the Wrestling Classic It ain't easy being king But you can find me all over the place hey, No doubt <laughs> Thank you for listening to Inside the Cave. Download the FireFan app at the App Store on iPhone devices and at the Google Play Store for Android devices. And use the code CAVE, C-A-V-E, to ignite your passion for sports. Inside the Cave. 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 You're on the number one show, Inside the Cave. Three Lee Films.